Caitlin Parsons, a yoga therapist, joins us in this podcast to talk about six ways of standing in your empowerment, finding inner resource, the benefits of yoga nidra and yoga therapy, the loving act of tuning into your body's needs and your non-negotiables, as well as dental anxiety. Tune in later this week also for a sampling of her yoga nidra practice. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. This episode is sponsored by the Soul Body Women's Retreat, which is a spiritual retreat for women and non-binary people who deeply desire to sync up their soul and body to live congruently and effortlessly at home in themselves, from their heart and from their creative essence. In this very personalized and small group healing retreat, we will nourish for an entire six days transform any inner gunk that's just stopping the beauty of your light to shine through and enjoy the sisterhood, nature, and nourishment that Zion National Park brings us. For more information about this and future retreats, check out my page at candicewu.com slash retreats. And now let's jump into the episode. I am happy to introduce Caitlin Parsons. Her passion is to create a space for curiosity and the unfolding of your process. She's a teacher, student, nature lover, and adventurer, and based in San Diego, California. Caitlin has spent thousands of hours experiencing, studying, teaching, and training in all things therapeutic yoga, meditation, yoga nidra, and sound healing. What I find very interesting about her is the simplicity of what she brings and how powerful that is, as well as the bridging of her work as a dental hygienist to help people who are suffering from any pain or discomfort, any anxiety around going to the dentist or being in their bodies. Without further ado, here's Caitlin. I'm delighted to have Caitlin Parsons on the show today. She is more than a dental hygienist. She's also a healer and yoga therapist, teaches meditation and sound healing, and I'm just so excited to hear from her today. Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here, Candace. Wonderful. Well, tell us about you and what you do. You have so many gifts and talents. Oh, thank you. So like you shared, I'm a dental hygienist. I've been doing that for about 12 years and probably about 10, eight years ago, um, I walked into my first yoga class because I was in pain from sitting hunched over patients all day. And uh, oddly enough, it was a Bikram yoga class, which is kind of like the opposite of what I teach and, and guide now. Um, but it brought me back into my body and kind of taught me a lot about, about my physical body. And um, it was kind of really just a catalyst for so much more. And from there, I started to get more curious about therapeutic yoga and how I can help people just like me who sit for most of the day um, that either have physical pain or they're stressed or maybe both. Um, and that kind of prompted me to do my first yoga teacher training. I moved up to Burlington, Vermont and did that. And from there, I journeyed down to or out to San Diego and chasing just yoga therapy and whatever that meant for me and um, a new lifestyle. So not too long after that, I got my dental hygiene license here. And then um, right after that, I entered um, pretty much as soon as I could my first yoga therapy program. And um, I graduated from that thousand hour program about two or so years ago and been working with patients and clients ever since. That's fabulous. Um, you're reminding me of the first time that I took a yoga class. And maybe that was like nine years ago, 10 as well. And I'm curious about your experience when you entered your first class, like what it felt like when I was in my first class, I remember feeling like, what are we doing here? I'm, doing, <laughs> I'm on my hands and knees. This is so boring. I have so many things to do. I can't do this. Ouch, that hurt. I, <laughs> and I had no clue that it was about witnessing all of that. 
(laughs) right? (laughs) And I was like, like a lot of people who tell me I'm not flexible or like, I'm not good at that. I'm like, well, that's not what it's about. And here's my experience, right? With my first class. So I'd love for you to share if there's anything interesting to share about that first class. Oh my gosh, you just brought me back. I haven't thought about that in so long, but you're so right. I I walked in and if you know Bikram, it's, um, I forget how hot, but extremely hot, I would say. And I knew no one. There's mirrors in front of me. I've never done any exercise like this. I was kind of like a team sports kind of person growing up. Um, So yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. Like, what the heck are we doing? I'm literally just dripping sweat. There's sweat all over me. And then the teacher comes over and there's sweats on me. And um, I was bored and I was like, what's going on? Yeah, kind of like all the things. And when I left, I was like, wait, I feel a lot better. So that kind of turned on a little light bulb in my head. Luckily, I didn't stick with just my thoughts in class. I um, <laughs> So I just kept going back and it took a really long time. I mean, there's still even practices I do now that I'm so in my head and um, kind of forget, like you said, the, the point of it. The point of it is to kind of just witness everything that shows up for you. But yeah, my first yoga class was probably really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to hear, especially when you get very deep into your practice and what you love about it. It's so easy to forget how we, we've we entered and how some people experience some of these practices. <laughs> yeah. So what inspired you about your your thousand hour yoga teacher training? Uh, which which tradition was it and, and what did you find that you you're using today? Good question. So I, I was inspired to do it. I, I can't even tell you why I was inspired. Um, because I've really, um, the course of my life really looks very differently than uh, when I first took my first yoga class, to be honest. And it's kind of just opened me up in such a big way. But I had this little inkling in, I don't know if it was my heart or my belly, I can't even tell you because I probably couldn't tell the difference at that point. But Mm -hmm. there was just something deep inside of me that I knew I wanted to help people. That's what I love to do. Um, I knew I wanted to feel better and learn more about my body. And I... I just had this vision like, whoa, what if I could do that and bring those together? And I'd never experienced a therapeutic yoga class. So it's so interesting that I just like, wait, I want to do therapeutic yoga. And here I go to San Diego from Boston, and I'm going to make it happen. Um, and actually, the when I arrived in San Diego, there was actually no yoga therapy programs at all. Um, so I just had my 200 hour when I got here. And, uh, oh my gosh, I was such a newbie teacher. I was teaching like power yoga and really wasn't vibing with it, but just tried and pushed and tried to make it happen. And right when I got my yoga therapy or my dental hygiene license out here, a a program opens literally two miles down the street. So it kind of felt like, yes, this is supposed to happen. And it actually, I think is still the only one in San Diego. Um, it's the soul of yoga in Encinitas, um, in like North County, San Diego. And, I would say, and this is what I really love and adore about this program, is that it's kind of a a variety of all different types of lineages. So I trained, my first training was Ashtanga, and that was definitely not a part of the yoga therapy program at all. We did stuff from um, Deskachar, so more therapeutic. We had more alignment focused. We had more breath and body and that sort of thing. And that we kind of had really everything, in my opinion. That's a lot, quite a lot. So tell me a little bit about how you see meditation, yoga, and sound healing. I'm not sure how much you emphasize sound healing, but it, that intrigued me when I saw that in your bio. I It's funny because for a really long time, for the past couple of years, I've really dedicated a lot of my teachings and a lot of my work to those that are in pain and discomfort. And I still do a lot of this work, people that have low back pain, um, people that sit a lot people that have injuries, knee, shoulder, whatever that is. And that's been a big part of my journey, my personal journey as well, just like really um, working through a lot of pain that I've had from when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm um, really kind of in tune with my body and um, very minimal pain and discomfort on a regular basis, if any at all, um, I've kind of transitioned to 
guiding more meditation and to doing that more, the subtle inner work and um, sound healing just kind of came naturally for me. One of the studios that I teach at offers sound healing and I took my first class and I left and I was just like, oh my gosh, I went to a place that I've never been before and I still can't describe it. But it brought me to this deep state of of relaxation and um, inner focus that I, I can't quite describe even. That's kind of been my goal and my journey is to, to share that with others because a lot of my um, my past and growing up was go, 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 go. And I had anxiety even though I didn't know it. I was just constantly on the go and never took time to really to pause and integrate and pause and slow down, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so my meditation, my breath work and sound healing journey uh, really stemmed from my inner work and now just sharing that with with my students and, and my clients. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and when you say the pain from childhood, is that more emotional pain, spiritual or physical or all all of the above? Oh man, I'd probably say all of the above. So I was in a car accident when I was 16. Um, I hit black ice um, and flipped my car and um, I luckily only broke my nose and had a minor, minor concussion, but I was definitely very out of alignment um, in my spine and my neck. So it took a really long time for me to actually figure out that that was the, the root cause and just never really doing yoga, never really um, slowing down and just constantly mm-hmm. going, going, going. That was a big part of it. So I, I started chiropractor. I started going to get massages regularly and, and just therapeutic yoga helped me a lot. And I'd say the the mental, emotional, I wouldn't say necessarily pain, um, but I've recently been realizing that. So when I was really young. Um, I wasn't even born and my parents lost their first child to SIDS. He was about four months old. And my sister was born about a year after and myself a year after that. And the more I think about it, the more and the more I see my parents now and how much pain and, and suffering they still have and grief, the more I realize that and this stemmed from also your um, energetic boundaries, I think it's called podcast episode, mm-hmm. which I loved. Mm, thank um, you. Yes. Um, but just really understanding that, wow, I don't know. I mean, my parents did the best they could and they were amazing and I had a great childhood. Don't get me wrong, but there was so much that I think I tried to take a lot of their pain and their discomfort from them, um, without even realizing. And so that stayed with me for a really long time. And I just did that throughout my entire life without realizing, like looking back, I was like the person that tried to make everyone feel good and uh, make people feel better in at the cost of, of myself and in my energy and my feelings. So that's been a, a big journey for me. <laughs> wow. That's really powerful. And yeah. just, just to, to make that shift and to be in alignment. When you say about alignment, it just had a lot of energy to me. And I'm curious how you support other people being in alignment. I think that word can mean so many things, as you're mentioning in your story. Yeah, I, it does mean a lot of things. And I, I think it depends on each client. I serve them really differently. It's so interesting when some people come to me for uh, just like the physical, where we, where we end up going is, of course, we, we address the physical and we, we get to that. But oftentimes, there's some deep-seated stuff beneath that. Um, that we get through in in meditations and kind of that deep, subtle body work that they don't even know exists until they really slow down and um, slow down and slow down and slow down enough to really just be so present with it all. And I have some clients that come to me that just have stress and they think that that's like the main thing or that uh, want, I have a new private client, um, he's amazing and he just wants to, he wants more focus in his life and he, he really feels like he's ready for something more than he's, he's kind of achieved all his goals and he's ready for more and he doesn't have any idea what that looks like. So I've actually been guiding him in yoga nidra. I don't know if you've heard of that, um, but kind of a systematic guided relaxation, but bringing him to these, this kind of inner depth of him that he can kind of give himself the answers rather than seeking outside of him. And I think that's the biggest thing is just really teaching and educating people on how to find their, their inner compass, if you will, this kind of deeper connection to themselves and realizing that when they connect to that regularly over and over, they start to, to kind of see 
what what is next for them rather than having to look outside of them or thinking that they have to look outside of them or they'll find it if that makes sense makes complete sense and i think the the connecting over and over sounds really key at least in my own experience and for myself but sometimes we think okay we've done that <laughs> <laughs> and we're there or something but then slowly we just i find myself in another place and and not connecting and then where am i and to reground myself and and notice that i'm a little far away or have forgotten myself yeah. or just need to slow down a bit to to check in and how is it that you help people find that inner depth i know yoga nidra is one of the the practice that you named um but finding inner resources you mentioned to me um earlier sounds really strengthening and beautiful work how do you help connect people to their inner resource I want to first just go back to to what you shared about connecting over and over because I feel like that is so important for everyone to know because I've thought many times I'm done with that I've done the work I'm over it yeah. I'm on to the next thing and then it shows up again and it's I I think it's important to be mindful that we just have to keep showing up over and over again and the work doesn't necessarily end it just continues and evolves mm-hmm. um and I think that's a big one for, for me on my journey. And also a lot of people, like we all think that once we do one thing, it should be just like in the past and we're done moving forward. But the work just keeps coming up. We keep showing up for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you share something that you're experiencing that continues to show up over and over that's evolving for you? Something that has continued to show up that I pretended to or thought I did a lot of the work on um, has been the kind of surface issue is like my money mindset. Um, I grew up with um, an amazing dad, but he was, we kind of had what we had and we didn't have a abundance of everything. So they, my parents worked their butts off and that's kind of the, the life that I've shown you work your butt off, you get what you get. And that's like kind of how you go and retraining myself to opening myself up to the abundance. And I think kind of the, the deeper layer for me is this self-worth. And I know how um, my amazing gifts that I have and how I can support people, but it keeps showing up for me of reminding myself how worthy I am to, to be here and to do this work and to share it. And um, I think that's kind of the, the big thing that's been in my life lately. And I think I'm past it, but usually when we say that, uh, I'm sure there's still more work, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The thought of that, it comes from the place of it's still here. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. A little anxiety about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I love how you said that, like the surface issue shows up as the money mindset, but then it comes deep down into the self-worth and what just like a really beautiful and simple reminder I think we can get so into that I'm not worthy and I'm not enough place where we try to do everything. We try to do everything 150% and then we do this and then we do that and we try to push ourselves and nothing ever really seems enough. Like the simple thing of breath and teaching someone breath is profound. And the simple thing of sharing these gifts that you already have and who you are and so thank you for that reminder. Just the way you said it gave me that feeling. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. I was wondering about inner resource and what you see that as, how that expands in your work with people and how you support people in connecting to that. Yeah. I think I'd say that it very much so varies for everyone that I see. It's pretty much the same, but it depends on where people are at. Because I've worked with people that have been doing yoga for years and years. So they get to some extent their their inner compass and that kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. I also worked with people who like think that they can't do yoga because they're not flexible. So I have a, a wide range of people that I support. And for the people that are kind of just getting into yoga, um, I think it just really starts with first connecting with their breath and really understanding and realizing that once they connect to their breath and we find a, a meditation perhaps, and it can be really, really simple, but find ways to slow down their thoughts enough to really realize that 
we are way more than our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings. And for some people, that's the starting point. Like, oh, I'm not the negative chatter that I constantly hear in my ear. I'm not, you know, uh, I don't suck at this or this or this. And there's way more to me. And it continues to kind of evolve for certain people connecting with that aspect of themselves. And then I know it's like hard to describe almost. I know, isn't it? I, I mean, my sense of you is, especially as you talk about how it's different for every person, is that you're very, that you hold space for people and that you attune to what they might be needing and you sense that. And so it's hard to speak in a general sense. Yes. <laughs> because it's yes. it's never general. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of hard for me to describe, um, but it's really just allowing them to experience. And for for some people, it's guiding them into a yoga nidra, like a 40-minute yoga nidra, like the one I shared with you, that they really experience this for, especially for a lot of people that can't get to that place in their meditation practice or like a regular meditation practice or um, even in their yoga practice. This yoga nidra is a way that I found for a lot of people. They can access that that space inside that that we know is called kind of the the bliss body for a lot of us. But that place that they can connect with their intuition and maybe it's their creativity. And this is why I, I think it's really different for everyone because it also depends on their spiritual path. Um, I have people that are really religious and then I have people that are atheists and then I have people that are all in between. So it kind of depends on on who is in front of me, but connecting to that place inside of them that there's none of the other chatter. And when they find this place and can connect to this place, I think they they really become more in tune with what's next for them, what's showing up, maybe their their patterns, or could be just starting with what are their negative thoughts that keep showing up that's holding them back? Or what are their these certain actions like procrastination or, I don't know, not showing up for certain things. We all have some really interesting habits when we, when we take a look, but it, it really just looks differently for everyone. But I think just connecting to that place inside of people that is far beyond the the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions. To some people, that's all they need to be their inner resource, I think. Yeah, that's excellent. Thank you. And you're mentioning your yoga nidra practice, which I'm so grateful that you're sharing 40-minute yoga nidra with us. And it's going to be, for all the listeners, it's going to be the next podcast after this one. So you can tune in anytime that you need something to help you tune in to your creativity or your or your intuition, or just a deeper sense of yourself. And Caitlin, while we're here, can you share what Yoga Nidra is so that people who don't know about it can get a sense? Yes, I'd love to. Um, yoga Nidra is amazing, I would say, um, but it's a form of relaxation. And it's a systematic way of guiding the body and the mind into relaxation. And um, it starts with setting an intention and then you kind of go deeper. So we start with a rotation of consciousness, as I describe it, of the physical body. So we start by naming different parts of the body and it distracts your mind to some extent if you have a, a busy mind. It also is a way to literally relax the physical body. And after the physical body, we move into the breath body and we keep going into these, these layers and we come to that place where a lot of us describe as the bliss body. And this is the place where people access their intuition, their deepest goals, I would say, or intentions or their purpose, or maybe it's just their creativity or this deep, deep state of relaxation. And when people are in this space, I'll often offer um, certain questions or kind of guided imagery, which you'll, you'll kind of see in the, the one that I offered. Um, but I, I vary them for different themes. So this one is for reconnecting with your purpose or your intention and your truth. But you could do it just for guided relaxation. Um, yoga Nidra, there's so many different types of Yoga Nidra, and I've learned many of them. Um, one of them that stands out to me is uh, Richard Miller. He's a PhD and has done a lot of work through Yoga Nidra uh, with PTSD and war veterans. And that's his big thing. And then I don't know if you've heard of Nishala Joy Devi, but she does one more for relaxation and for finding that place inside that's kind of your inner wellness or inner resource. 
Um, so there's many different types. Um, I'd say they can vary in length from 20 minutes to um, a more advanced practice, I would say is about an hour. And yeah, it's just so amazing just to, to find that space of relaxation um, for many people that can't access it is is pretty profound. A lot of people wake up from it and they're like, where was I? Yes, <laughs> yes. It's actually referred to as yogic sleep because it does, it brings you into that space that's um, between being asleep and between being awake. And that's really good for our, our brain. I'll just kind of keep that really simple. Good for our brain health to get to that point. And it's good for focus and calming and de-stressing and relaxation. But like I said, also to to access our inner resource or these deeper meanings. It's like a huge reset. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to do yours. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do my own. I uh, usually just end up critiquing it. So, oh my uh, gosh. Other people's. <laughs> so I noticed on your Facebook group, um, six ways to learn how to stand in your essence and power with confidence and ease. And I'm curious if you would share one or two ways that stand out to you today? Yeah, so the the six ways, I'll share all of them. Um, and I think for everyone listening, just kind of pick one or two that really resonates with you and start there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like this over-encompassing, you have to do everything. I think just starting to, especially if you're at the starting point of yoga and meditation and all that, just starting to to take care of you and to show up for you is one of the most important things. So the, the six ways are meditation, and that can look um, really differently for anyone. It could be a two-minute meditation uh, with your breath, or it could be a 20-minute meditation on a mantra or a phrase, or it could be a yoga nidra practice. Another one is breath work, and there's so many different and amazing types of breath work, whether you want more focus and clarity um, or more relaxation or more balance. Another one is self-care. And self-care is kind of a, a hot word right now, I'd say, but really practicing self-care every single day. And this was a big one for me because I'd um, go get my nails done or I'm not really a nail done person, but or go get a massage once every six months or go do this and acted like that was my self-care. But when it really comes down to it, I think self-care is really just finding ways in your your day to show up for you. And sometimes for me, that's just laying on the ground and breathing. Sometimes for me, that's getting on my foam roller and working on my shoulder or meditation or going on a walk with my dog or a hike. Um, and there's many different types of self-care Um physical and mental, emotional and spiritual and professional. So finding ways to, um, to touch on each one, if you can, or one of any is really important. Another one is movement. So using yoga, or it could be dance, um, whatever gets you in your body is a way to access your, your truth and your power. Um, another one I think I named four, uh, mindfulness. Mindfulness is a big one. Um, and mindfulness can be mindfulness of your thoughts, uh, your thoughts to yourself, your, your words and how you, your words and your actions to yourself and to others. Um, that's a big one. Um, and also eating habits is a big one for a lot of people. Just really becoming more clear of um, and more mindful when you eat how you eat, how you feel after you eat. That's, that's can be really powerful to kind of take back that power because a lot of people either overeat or don't eat healthy and they don't feel good and they they wonder why they don't feel good. But a lot of it is just really taking back that power to some extent. And the last one is self-inquiry or journaling. So just taking time to to dive in. There's many different ways to do self-inquiry. It could just be journaling. It could be asking yourself certain questions. could be through a yoga nidra or a meditation. Um, there's many different ways and it, it might look different for everyone, but self-inquiry is a, a big one. And when I, I've practiced all of these for a really long time, but when I started to really integrate them and actually practice them regularly, I made some profound changes in my life. And that's kind of catapulted me to to where I am now. And this is a lot of the work that I do, these kind of six main things for my clients. And it varies depending, like I said, on who's in front of me and what their goals are and what their needs are. But 
when you can find either one or two of these to just bring into your your practice in your daily life is uh, is powerful and it connects you to to you and there's so much going on in this world with social media and the news and everything that to have a safe place and to come home if you will um, is is profound I like how you said about self-care is to find ways to show up for you and that it just looks different perhaps every moment or for every person. And it can be as simple as breathing, as you said. Um, For me, I was, before this podcast, I just lie down and listen to a song over and over that just felt like it got me in touch with some something beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes people want the answer to self-care, but it's really to find it within of what's showing up for you right now, however it wants to be. Thank you for those. Those are really powerful. Yeah. And it, they sound so, so simple, but um, when we really bring them into our daily life and every single day, like setting boundaries for ourselves that like, here's my non-negotiables every day. I take 15 minutes for me and we can all make time for even five minutes. And that, that kind of sends a statement to the universe that like, here I am, I'm proud to be here and I'm showing up for myself. And I think that's what makes it so powerful. It's incredibly powerful, like non-negotiables and just saying, here I am and this is what I need. This is what I want and sticking with it, standing behind yourself. What, what are your non-negotiables? Mm, yeah, my non-negotiables, 15 minutes every day at least. And mm-hmm. then a few days a week, I take quite a bit longer um, usually ends up being about an hour. And I used to think like many other people that I didn't have time for it, but I just made time. I get up earlier. So sometimes my practice is in bed and sometimes I just start with a minute of breathing and, um, I usually stretch in some way in bed, just kind of intuitively move and figure out what needs to be moved. And I definitely sit for five minutes and at least meditate those are kind of my my non-negotiables. And then beyond that, I'll add uh, more of a yoga practice, more of a movement practice, uh, more meditation. I'll go to yoga classes, pull my oracle cards. I have the moon deck, which I've been loving lately. Oh, that's a good one. The moon deck, right? Yeah. Um, but even just, I used to think that I had to go like sit in this one spot in my room. And although that's great on certain days, but there's some days that I just like, want to be in bed, whether, well, now it's, it's hot here in San Diego. So I'm not necessarily feeling like it's cold out of bed, but wanting to just stay in bed and being okay with that. So I have everything that I need near me so that when I wake up, I can put on music if I want, or if I don't want, I don't, but I just sit up in bed and I just start moving. And usually once I start moving, I'm like, okay, here I am waking up, getting kind of centered. And then it, and then it starts my day in such just a magical, powerful way. Beautiful. Yeah. It's like taking the pressure off and just letting it begin from wherever you are. Mm -hmm. Oh, my other non-negotiable is just not jumping on social media on my phone. First thing. I struggle with that one. (laughs) I've struggled for a really long time, but uh, the past couple of months, that's like my my non-negotiable. Even if if it's just my 15 minutes, I give myself that. Mm, Nice. Good. It's hard though. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Well, one of the things I do is I check to see if like if I got any messages from my clients, especially the ones I'm seeing that day. So mm-hmm. just check in. But then I get magnetized towards, okay, well, let me check this and then that. And then yes. there's that email and then I'm carried away. So I have to really pause and stop myself. Yes. So what when you're not doing yoga or meditation or <laughs> I almost wanted to say being mindful, LOL. <laughs> Like that doesn't stop. I just that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn that off. But just like when you're not in this world of healing and embodiment and doing the practice yourself or working with clients or creating something for your business, what else nourishes you right now? Yeah, I love and have been just loving. I live really close to the beach here in San Diego and just going, I'm probably going to go after this. The, the best way for me lately to, to show up for myself and to kind of clear energy or just I like doing it in general is to go to the beach and go swim. And I found that just getting in the water is such a clearing thing for me that I've adored. And sometimes I surf, surf very small waves. I really like it, but uh, I don't do the big stuff. But I just enjoy getting in the water. I have a, 
adorable dog. Uh, she's actually like eight years old now, but full of spunk. And uh, we love to go walk or go hike. Um, I love just being outside. So I love going camping. I love going on new adventures and traveling. I love just hanging out with friends and family and having good conversations. Those are kind of my my main ones. I go for runs every now and again. And yeah. That's lovely. You sound like you love to be outside. Yes. Yeah. Probably why I moved to San Diego. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a good place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Well, um, there's something else I'm really intrigued about that I noticed in um, in your work that you have a meditation about dental anxiety. Ah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I love when people just pull together two unlikely things and create something that's just helpful and interesting. Um, Yeah, tell me about it. So as I shared earlier, I've, I've been in the dental field for probably 14 years. And especially as a dental hygienist, I see a lot of people that have dental anxiety um, in a very varying degrees. And of course, my work in meditation and yoga and breathing has carried over into my dental career and especially supporting people that really do have anxiety. A lot of people that weren't going to the dentist because they have such a big fear um, now come to me regularly every three, four, six months because they feel comfortable and um, I create that that space that's safe for them to, to just be as they are. So it just felt kind of intuitive to make a meditation for them. For, for those of you that um, have anxiety or maybe just don't like going to the dentist. So I created a um, kind of more relaxing meditation just to get the mind off of everything that could happen and that's out there in the dental office because there's so much and there's a lot of noises and can be overwhelming. It's a very vulnerable place as a, a dental patient. And I never really experienced it. I always had good dental experiences. So for me, going wasn't an issue. But really tuning into my patients and those who show up at our practice, it's like, wow, a lot of people are really, really scared. So to get them out of their head a little bit and just a little more into their body. Um, so it's a really simple meditation. Um, and the goal is just, yeah, really to get them a little bit less stressed, a little bit less anxious, and more in their body and in their control to understand that if they if they need to stop, they can use their words, they can say that. Um, and a big thing in dentistry years past, um, luckily it's evolved greatly, but a lot of people have the experience that they weren't able to have the dentist stop as, even as a kid or as an adult, um, or they have these like crazy traumatic experiences. So um, just to give them the acknowledgement of being so brave, being here, showing up, um, but also that the power is in their hands and that if they don't want this to happen or they're ready to like stop or they, they feel discomfort, just like use their voice. That's just a really simple, easy meditation um, for those that go to the dentist and want some relaxation. That's great. I mean, it's just <laughs> that reminder that you can say something. I think that was the thing growing up that I, I didn't know how to do. And it, it felt like, mm-hmm. what if I have to swallow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also I remember the times, I, I, I'm not nervous about it now, but in the past, um, just waiting, waiting for the dentist or waiting in between things. It does feel uncomfortable sometimes, and I could just imagine listening to your meditation in between things would have been really comforting. Yes, totally. I know. I, it dawned on me one day as the doctor was in my, my room, uh, the patient was lying back, I had done the cleaning, and um, he was doing an exam, and we were both kind of just like leaning over the patient, and they're just like open mouth, very vulnerable, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like as a patient, you are very vulnerable, and there's there's a lot going on. And just to, like you said, get back in your body and to relax a little bit. And uh, I don't know how many people I see just like gripping their hands together because they're, they're anxious, they're tense, or their shoulders are nearly in their ears. Um, so just give people that opportunity to relax a little bit. Because we know when we're more tense during an experience, especially something like a filling, that you're going to have more, especially like if you have to get a shot in an injection, if you're super tense in your jaw and your shoulders, you're going to feel it the next day. It's not going to feel necessarily as great. Um, so if you can find a way to relax, uh, I think that's really profound. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you go here in your own practice or in your in your mind, but I'm curious. I've worked a lot on fears around losing my teeth. Uh, 
Okay. Fears. And I have had dreams. I've worked with them and so many interesting things come up. Stuff around my personal strength and boundaries, stuff around kind of just like giving up my will and strength Mm -hmm. to other people, my own power. What what comes up for you when I talk about this? Because I'm curious how we just in the positions that you are in and your your expertise, what what goes on for you? That's so interesting because I actually used to have those dreams quite a bit. Um, and now that you're saying it, I haven't had them in a really a while, probably like four or five years, but I had them a lot. And a big one for me was like you, like you shared is, um, not having control or mm-hmm. feeling like you're giving your will and your power over, I think was like the biggest thing for me. And as I shared earlier with my journey of like giving my energy to everyone, that was, that played a big part in it. And learning to come back to me was kind of the biggest thing. And that's probably why I haven't luckily had them in a while because I am choosing me more often. And I don't like saying choosing me over others, but it kind of comes down to that unless someone, you know, absolutely needs me, but yeah, choosing me and taking back my power. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to. Yeah. And in the end, it is the best for everyone. Most of the time that you choose yourself to take care of yourself even if someone's upset about it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Okay, how about this? Can we do a little lightning round? Sure. Okay, so I'll just, it's just where I ask a bunch of questions a little bit more quickly and just say the first thing that comes to mind or anything that's in your awareness uh, that pops in. Let's start with this. What are some ways that life has surprised you? Uh, I think just... um like I share, continuing to show up for me and that um, giving myself in every single way to others is is not the the most power, the biggest way to stand in my power, really. Yeah. If you woke up from being cryogenically frozen, what's the first thing you would ask or do? I think I would touch my body. I think it. I've done like a ice cube experiment with my hand. And the first thing was like, I, I touched my hands and my whole body. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, that makes complete sense from a nervous system and and body perspective, because it's like, am I here? I am here. Yeah, exactly. Is this the container that I live in now? (laughs) Yeah. Am I alive? Yeah. Yeah. That makes complete sense. And and I think we should do that more often. (laughs) Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. In somatic experiencing, we, we do that quite a bit in that, in the healing work of that, just to, to remind ourselves that this is where we are and to feel it. So yeah, that's so cool. What question would you most like to know the answer to? I guess what my next step is just came up to to my head. Yeah. yeah. I thought I knew, but uh, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Well, well, what did you think you knew about your next step? I think I've just been ready to, to continue to evolve into who I am, which is really just consistency and showing up and the work that I do continues to evolve and and apparently I'm intended to do more work because I, I don't know what my next step is. I just, um, as I shared earlier, my Embodiment Academy, that eight-week program starts in September and I really want to create that to be kind of more of an ongoing thing, but maybe there's more. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I think I think what you're doing is, as you mentioned, how important presence is and, and letting things evolve. It's like once you know something, the next thing shows up. And even if you think you know the next step, I think other things might show up to you. Or this is how I experience my life, at least. I'm not sure how you do. But it's a great place to be also to not know. Yeah. And the the biggest thing for me there is um, being patient. And I'm, I'm constantly wanting to create my next step. Um, but being patient enough to slow down and to remain connected to me, not get like out of body, out of head, but stay connected to me to kind of see what comes up and see what shows up rather than trying to make everything happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very challenging thing. That's something I'm mm-hmm. learning all, all the time. Yes, exactly. Reminding myself. Yeah. Okay. What is an opinion or idea that's against the grain or perhaps controversial that you have? Ooh. Can be anything at all. 
I don't know why this just showed up for me. Um, like there's so much in especially this world that we don't have backed up by science. And there's some things that I just think can't necessarily be backed up by science, but that you just mm-hmm. feel in your body and know within yourself is to be true rather than needing science to prove it. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a big science person, um, but there's also a part of me that especially as a a healer and this creative that knows there's way more. And I know that's uh, not how everyone feels. So, Yeah, but I think it's not to bash science at all, but but it also is a bit obvious there's something unseen and unable to be pinned down. Yes, yeah. And intuitive, yeah. Okay, let's do one more. Do you dream? Do you remember your dreams? I do, but you know what? Lately, I feel like I haven't been remembering them as much, especially, or last week I had some crazy one that I was like in the backseat with, I think I was like hijacked, but uh, it was some crazy weird dream, but I was pretty much like, I don't know, dreams are so crazy. Um, I didn't actually write it down, so I didn't find necessarily clarity on it. But um, I went through a phase of not really dreaming too much. And then lately, I've, I've kind of been dreaming a little bit more the past couple of weeks. Yeah. So you were, you were hijacked. Yeah. And with, um, I don't even know who they were, but I didn't want to be with them. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, they had guns and everything. And um, I think I was actually teaching them like part of the work that I do. And it was, uh, I think I got like woken up from it, thankfully. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Dreams are just so funny. I know. I love them. They just bring me alive. Yeah. Um, So thank you so much for playing with that. Um, Let's shift gears. You have mentioned your yoga nidra practice that you're offering and sharing with the Embody podcast that's going to be aired this week. And you've shared a bit about it. So if you're listening in and you missed that part, you can rewind to that part. There are links in the show notes just to exactly where that part is, where Caitlin shares that. Thank you so much for that. And is there anything else you want to say about that? Um, no, I think just just really enjoy. And when you do the yoga nidra practice to, to find a comfortable space and to not have to do anything thing while you're doing it. So maybe lying down um, and just really comfortable and, and see what comes up and take some time as I share at the end of the meditation to journal and write stuff down and to be really curious in the, the couple days after of, of any shifts that come um, up for you. That's great. Yeah. It's a good reminder to just let that be a very nourishing treat for yourself, yeah. for your soul and body. Good. And where can people find you, Caitlin? Um, so I am on Instagram, uh, Healers Within Yoga Therapy. I'm um, on Facebook as well, um, Healers Within Yoga. And as you saw, I have a Facebook group if you're interested where I do um, live trainings, I do group or classes, uh, live classes, and just share inspiration and insight and fun things that I come across. And that group is called the Yoga Therapy Collective. Um, So it's free and for anyone to join that's interested. Excellent. Yeah, you share a lot of great resources there. And you also have the Embodiment Academy group coming up. Can you just say a little bit about that? I'd love to. I am so excited. So the Embodiment Academy is an eight-week group program that I've created. And it goes over all of the the six, I'm glad you asked about the, the six ways to step into your power and your truth and really your, your confidence. And for some people, leadership comes with that. Um, so each week we go over, uh, we spend a full week on meditation and mindfulness and breath work and movement and self-care, um, self-inquiry. And we have two weeks, we'll do three of them and have an integration week and then three more in an integration week. And then there's actually a bonus week at the end that I have to offer on manifesting. And yeah, the, the group coaching program includes so many handouts and weekly worksheets. So you get kind of these tangible ways to bring these practices into your daily routine. And they also include videos. And then every single week, we have a about a 90 minute group coaching call. So you get one on one support for any roadblocks that come up any anything that comes up in the journey, because 
when we do this inner work, there's always things that come up. So Mm -hmm. just having someone and the support of me and of course, everyone else in the group to support. Um, And then with that, we have a, a, a private Facebook group for everyone in the program. That's a great way to stay connected and inspired and have support and guidance throughout the week. That sounds really rich. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so so much. Yeah. So that starts, the first one starts uh, September 17th. I'd actually love to offer the listeners here to, um, I haven't done this before, but 20% off for the program. So if you're interested, you can definitely just send me an email. Let me know you were listening. And I'd, I'd love to share that with you and share more about the program and the details and all the fun stuff there. That sounds awesome. And I know that there will be many grateful people out there. That's fabulous. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, I am so happy that you were on the show. Caitlin, you just exude joy and you radiate positive energy. And it's just fabulous to hear from you. Mm, Thank you. It was so nice to be on here. And um, I'm really just grateful for being here and for all your work, Candice. You were doing such amazing things and supporting people in so many ways. Thank you. Well, find Caitlin um, on all of those different avenues that she's mentioned and check out the Yoga Nidra that's coming up this week and enjoy. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you, Caitlin, so much for being on the show today. And I appreciate all of you out there who are listening, all of you who are in Caitlin's community or mine or just new to the Embody podcast. Welcome. I really enjoyed talking yoga with Caitlin and just love how she shares her love and passion for transformation. I wanted to encourage you to check out her Yoga Nidra that's about 40 minutes long. It's a lovely deepening practice where you can go very deep into your consciousness to plant a seed for what you'd want to create in your life or to feel in yourself. And check that out. It's going to be airing this week following this episode. Again, you can find all of Caitlin's information at the show notes at CandiceWu.com slash Caitlin. That's C-A-I-T-L-I-N, Caitlin. And you can check out also her Embodiment Academy where she takes people into a deep dive of meditation, mindfulness, movement, breathwork, self-care, and self-inquiry. I imagine anyone that joins her will benefit. Thanks so much again for listening in. And before you go, I'd like to invite you to the Embody community. It's funny because we have similar names for things, the Embodiment Academy, and then I have the Embody Podcasting Community. So this is my page, CandiceWu.com slash Embody. If you'd like to join my newsletter and community where you can interact and receive meditations, healing practices, and self-love notes twice a month in a newsletter and uh, also get other resources. If anything I share here on the Embody podcast touches you or speaks to you in a way that helps you or supports you or helps you love yourself, I would invite you to support my page at CandiceWu.com slash Patreon and support the work. Every dollar goes to supporting all the back-end work, the production, and the labor that it takes to produce these with love. Thanks so much and see you next time on the Embody podcast. <laughs>